This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, June 29, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. Should the U.S. audit the Federal Reserve's policies? Is there a bigger issue at hand? Bert Ely has a problem with the Fed's ability to extend credit to the private sector, at least without congressional approval. Ely is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute and a principal of Ely & Company, Incorporated. We spoke at the Cato event, Bringing Transparency to the Federal Reserve, held June 24th. Ron Paul wants to audit the Fed. This his his legislation, as he puts it, is aimed at merely opening the books at the Fed. But you say that there's a, there's another issue there that ought to be uh, contended with, and I presume you mean it to be a bigger issue than merely getting access to the books at the Fed. Yes. Now, first of all, what Ron's audit is effectively is a policy audit. Uh, there, in fact, is an audit of the Fed's finances. There are no secrets uh, in that regard. What he really wants to do is to get uh, have more public disclosure with regard to uh, Fed policies, the formulation of them, uh, who they lend to, the terms of lending, and other policy considerations. So I characterize it as a policy audit rather than a typical financial audit, which is what most people think of when they hear the word audit. My uh, concerns, kind of the issue du jour, is uh, the extent to which the Fed, along with the Treasury Department, are extending uh, private uh, credit uh, to the private uh, sector. And so uh, I pose it as three policy questions. First, to what extent uh, should private credit risk, uh, that is private sector credit risk, uh, be um, intermediated through the Fed and the Treasury? Because uh, they're both uh, doing it. Uh, the, the second uh, more fundamental question is, and that is, should any agency of the uh, federal government have the power to lend to the private sector without prior explicit congressional approval? And then the third question is, if uh, this is legitimate power that uh, the government should have to lend to the private sector without congressional approval. Should those loans be made by the Fed, by the Treasury, or by both? And if the Fed makes a loan, uh, should it be only after it has obtained approval from the Treasury Department? What would a Fed look like if it needed congressional approval in order to extend credit to the private sector? From a day-to-day -day standpoint, uh, the things wouldn't change at all. It's really uh, what would happen in the case of an emergency situation or a crisis such as we're uh, going through at uh, this time, uh, that there would have to be uh, a, a greater degree of uh, congressional authorization for the provision of credit, which actually happened last year uh, with the Congress providing a $700 let me start that again. Uh, with the Congress providing a $700 billion line of credit uh, for the uh, the Treasury to issue under the so-called uh, TARP program, uh, which, of course, has been controversial, but at least there is a degree of accountability in the sense that Congress uh, approved it and the Treasury Department, which is ultimately responsible to the president, is uh, making those uh, loans. Uh, the Fed uh, has no specific dollar limit on it as to how much it can lend. And uh, it is accountable only to itself uh, in terms of making those loans. Uh, uh, and to the extent that there's any oversight at all, it really comes through congressional hearings, but after the fact. If the Fed needed congressional approval, it, I'm just thinking through how constituencies like operating, I can't imagine that there would not then be pressure on uh, Congress to attempt 
to push the Fed to extend credit in particular ways? Well, uh, that's just part of the political process. And of course, uh, that is an issue that has come up with uh, the credit that the uh, Treasury Department has provided to the private sector and to various types of borrowers uh, under the the so-called TARP program. The, uh, The question, I think, is one of to what extent do we not trust the political process enough to uh, not engage in that type of uh, activity. And arguably, uh, that is a, uh, a reason for allowing the Fed to effectively lend without limit uh, and without uh, explicit approval from Congress so as to, shall we say, depoliticize it. But uh, the essence of democracy is political accountability. And so then the question comes up is the Fed's authority uh, in effect, uh, undemocratic, uh, and arguably, uh, you know, maybe that is something that, uh, we have to live with that undemocratic, unaccountable aspect of Fed lending, uh, in order to be able to deal with uh, crises. Is there anything wrong with a full scale policy audit of the federal reserve? I would say in general, I don't, uh, see a, a, a problem, uh, with it. I think to some extent is, uh, and this is, a, a a concern that uh, Gil Schwartz raised, and that is what, in fact, would be the uh, the breadth of it. Uh, as he pointed out, this presumably uh, could even get into uh, the monetary policy decisions, uh, even though we already know a lot about uh, that process through the uh, release of the meeting minutes of the uh, Federal Reserve Board of uh, Governors. But um, it really kind of comes down to a question of, uh, okay, so we get the audit, uh, we have a better insight into uh, the uh, Fed decision-making process, what they considered, what they didn't consider. Then the question becomes one of, okay, now we know that, so what? Uh, In in other words, another way to look at this is that um, uh, what is really the purpose of the policy audit? beyond just getting getting more information on the table, where do we think that that uh, takes us? Well, if I were to uh, probe the depths of Ron Paul's brain and ask him, I, I assume he would come back with something like, I think the public would then learn that there are significant problems with giving a central bank monopoly power to issue money. Well, uh, maybe yes, maybe no. Uh, I think, uh, again, part of the issue is, is uh not only what authorities do uh, uh, individual government agencies such as the Federal Reserve have, but what accountability uh, is there for the actions they take. Now, uh, Fed officials and and, and specifically uh, members of the Federal Reserve Board of Governors do testify to Congress frequently. And so, as Gil Schwartz pointed out, there is an accountability more to Congress than to the executive branch. And I think part of the accountability issue is to what extent should that accountability of the Fed be to the uh, Congress and to what extent should it uh, be to the executive branch in the sense that the Fed is viewed as more like another cabinet agency rather than uh, this autonomous entity that is only uh, accountable in kind of an indirect way to the Congress. You know, when the Constitution was created, the, the founding fathers uh, created three equal branches of government, the legislature, the executive, and the judiciary. Uh, only over the last 125 years have we seen effectively a fourth branch of government uh, emerge in terms of independent agencies, often regulatory agencies. And so they're neither fish nor fowl. 
And the question becomes one of um, uh, where should they and who should they be accountable to? The way it's worked out, the accountability tends to be more to Congress than the executive branch. When we take a look at these reform proposals that are being placed on the table, the thrust of the of, of these recommendations is to uh, shift towards a greater degree of accountability to the executive branch on the assumption, uh, maybe not very well articulated, that the functions being carried out by the Fed and the other banking regulators are really more of an executive branch function than, than a congressional or legislative uh, function, even though the independent agencies have uh, both carry out administrative uh, duties and, and as well as having legislative responsibilities in terms of uh, the rulemaking they do. So part of the debate here, part of the dilemma is that we have this long history of independent agencies that neither fit neatly under the executive branch or the congressional or legislative branch and may never. But the question then becomes one of to what extent should the accountability and the influence over their actions shift from Congress where it is today uh, over into the executive branch? And let me, if I can just add on to that, this is part of the uh, uh, of the dichotomy that exists uh, today, and that is that what we have had is we have had two agencies of the federal government, the Treasury Department and the Federal Reserve, uh, independently providing credit to the private sector to deal with various crisis uh, circumstances. Uh, they have worked together, but there has been this division of responsibility there appears to have been pretty good coordination, but one could easily imagine a, a different circumstance where the Fed and the Treasury would be at odds with each other, not working together in a constructive manner. And that, I think, creates the kind of policy dilemma that needs to be addressed, specifically what happens when they don't work together for uh, whatever reason uh, might be the case. Arguably, that's part of what happened in the Great Depression. Bert Ely is a principal of Ely & Company and a Cato Institute adjunct scholar. You can watch the full event held June 24th by visiting our website, cato.org.